All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to stand for the national anthem of Antigua and Barbuda. Can we all stand, please, for the national anthem? Fair Antigua and Barbuda, we thy sons and daughters stand strong and firm in peace or danger to safeguard our native land. We commit ourselves to building a true nation, brave and free, ever striving, ever seeking, dwell in love and unity. Raise the standard, raise it boldly, answer now to duty's call, to your service of your country, sparing nothing, giving all. Guard your loins and join the battle against fair hate and poverty. Each endeavoring, all achieving, live in peace where man is free. God of nation, let thy blessings fall upon this land of ours. Rain and sunshine ever sending, fill her fields with crops and flowers. We, her children, do implore thee, Give us strength, faith, loyalty, never failing, all enduring, to defend her liberty. Let's just stand as we were standing for the national anthem. We are going to reverend our Heavenly Father, God of nation, the Father and the creator of this vast universe. We stand here tonight to give you thanks for this nation of Antigua and Barbuda. We, the nationals of this nation, stand before you, Lord. Asking your blessings, O oh God, upon us tonight, Lord. Bless every speaker. Let them speak with clarity, my Father God. Father, we are defending this nation of ours, O oh God. Father, as the national anthem says, God of nation, let thy blessings fall upon this land of Antigua and Barbuda, O oh God. 
Father, help us to achieve, oh God, whatever we want to achieve in this nation, Lord. Father, we stand against liars, thieves, robbers, oh God, who are robbing us of this nation, Lord God. But we know, God, you stand firm, Lord. You change is not my father. And Father God, just like you got rid of the Pharaohs, oh God, the Philistines, my God, the Amorites and the Hittites, Lord God. Father, you take them out of our nations, my God, tonight. And let this nation be fear and tiger and barbuda, oh God. Let us stand, oh God, with the national anthem, oh God. My Father, bless us. Cover us under your blood, Lord God. Bring those that are coming safely, my Father. Father, and we say thank you for what is going to be said to your honor and your glory in the name of Jesus. Let us say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not, my God, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, yes, of course, everyone. It's the voice of the people that brought the walls of Jericho down. Good night, faithful nationals. Yaman. It's all about hearing the voices of the people. And remember, brothers and sisters, there's a reason 
for us being called faithful nationals because in the state of Antigua and Barbuda today, we need the few men and women that holds that little bit of faith. That little bit of faith even though it's as big as a mustard seed because with that faith, we can remove mountains. And with that faith, we will bring any corrupt government to its knees. So brothers and sisters, we must stand firm. I have said this again and again at our faithful national meetings. We are the faithful 300 because wherever those faithful 300 are gathered, know there are some people that are actually shaking in their boots. Yes, brothers and sisters, I bring you greetings from across the water. The people of Barbuda sends their greetings to you and let you know, just letting you know that we are standing firm behind the faithful nationals in Antigua. <laughs> the brothers and sisters, the Barbuda story must be told. And later on tonight, I am going to be ably supported by Brother Fabian Jones to bring to you the issues that are facing the people of Barbuda today. And brothers and sisters, it is important for us here in Antigua to stand in solidarity with the people of Barbuda because we cannot fight this battle without our brothers and sisters in Antigua. Brothers and sisters, as the, as the anthem says, every single national of Antigua and Barbuda must stand for the liberty and the freedom of Antigua and Barbuda. Because there are people in authority who are looking to willy-nilly give the rights and freedom, the justice of the people of Antigua and Barbuda to, to whom ever will. It's Antigua and Barbuda today is about whosoever will may come as long as you're able to pass something under the table. So brothers and sisters, we, the faithful nationals of Antigua and Barbuda, will continue the fight and we will ensure that justice and good governance comes to the people of Antigua and Barbuda. Brothers and sisters, we're already late, so I'm going to bring my first speaker to the podium. It's a young lady who have been standing firm beside the people of Antigua and Barbuda. She's on the front line of every battle that is being fought in Antigua and Barbuda. Put your hands together and welcome Sister Cleon Atel to the podium.
faithful nationals. We are faithful nationals, aren't we? Now, it is always a pleasure and an honor for me to stand before you in defense of our country and to support our democracy. So whenever you see me, whenever you see me on a platform like this, as you see now, you will hear me talk about one and one thing only, and that is Antigua and Barbuda. You will hear me talk about how to make our country better. You will hear me talk about things that hurt us collectively. You will hear me talk about the way we do business in Antigua and Barbuda. You will hear me talk about governance. You will hear me talk about the things, the things that threaten the vibrancy of our democracy. You will hear me talk about the things that compromise our development, the development of our fair land. Well, my good people, tonight is no different. Tonight is no different. Tonight I want to talk about corruption. Corruption is a governance issue. So what is corruption? And how does corruption result from poor governance? Now hold up. Let me go back a little bit because I wanted to talk about democracy first. In a nutshell, a democracy is a system of government where the citizens form the government through voting on the issues that affect them. And the citizens enjoy certain rights and privileges and freedoms. In other words, it is government by the people, for the people, and of the people. That's democracy. So in a democracy, we can make certain assumptions. You can make the assumption that opportunities will be available for everybody. You can make the assumption that the resources in that bounded system belongs to all of us to enjoy equally so. You can make the assumption that those who we elect are duty-bound to provide the same sort of opportunities for all of us. Those that we elect are the trustees of the resources of the state. Now, this is where governance comes in. Because governance is the business, how we do the business of the state. And when the business of the state is done according to the principles such as integrity and accountability and transparency, we call that good governance. Now, every one of you, every last one of you standing there must be concerned about governance. You must be concerned about poor governance too. You must be concerned about corruption because that is what we have now. I am concerned and we all should be concerned about the blatant acts of malfeasance and misbehavior in public office. And so tonight I want to zero in on some of them because it hurts me and it should hurt you. Tonight I want to zero in on the actions of our prime minister, the man who sits in the highest office in the land. We have to shine a spot on him. I have chosen him because he has been the most vocal. He has been the most brazen. He has been the most callous. And as we say, if the head rotten, the bottom and the middle of the bottom have a stink too. 
So leadership does matter. I want to turn our attention to some of them. I don't know if you know, but I'm going to tell you. Right? The gym. Have you know about the gym? All right. And we know that Cabinet has done some, some serious fancy, fancy footworks, ain't it? To bring in gym equipment. We know about that. And we know why. We don't know why, do we? Because Prime Minister have a hand in gym too. We know about the don't see in the um, hotel or Barbuda. What we know about that? Prime Minister got a hand in that too. To at least to his wife and father-in-law. We know that? All right. We know what point? And the expansion in point? And all the businesses going up in point? Who they belong to? All right. So we have to shine a light on that too. Now just this week, just this week, we heard the Prime Minister instructing his wife. I don't know how many of you have heard that. But the Prime Minister instructing his wife to just run down there by the bank and go check out alone for go and do some either build hotel or buy land, something like that, to get a jump on the competition. And he say, Antiguans, entrepreneurial active, um, opportunities opening up to Antiguans. And all he can think about is to do go tell my wife to go up to go get loan. To go up, to go get opportunities, to go build too, so that they can make money. Stupidness, stupidness. So we see here that the PM has used his privileged position to exploit, to exploit opportunities that have come up to benefit himself and his family. He has used privileged information, privileged knowledge to get a jump on the citizenry. That is corruption. He has pursued government contracts and inflated prices. And me says so. He says so. For personal gain. That is corruption. He has converted state contracts into personal contracts. That is corruption. He has exploited state resources to his own benefit. That is corruption. And so, we no wonder we see a spike in corruption in Antigua and Barbuda. Everybody wants to get in on the action, his ministers too. We know about Covehead. We know about the land flip by his son. We know about the super, the building of super large mansions by ministers of government. And what kind of money? We know about that, don't we? We know of the business arrangement between the government of Antigua and Barbuda and the chambers of the speakers of the House of Parliament. We know the tented. That's corruption. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. What irks me most is that many of us, most of us remain mum. Most of us remain unconcerned. Most of us is what I've called, have become mummified. Like mummies, like zombies walking about. No sense of feeling, no sense of nothing. But we ought to become concerned. We ought to become very concerned about the corruption. Because corruption doesn't only compromise national development. 
Corruption threatens the livelihood and the quality of life for every single one of us in Antigua and Barbuda. In fact, corruption disproportionately affects the poor. Corruption disproportionately affects the working class. Corruption disproportionately affects the, the majority of Antiguans and Barbudans, those of us who struggle every day to make ends meet. Corruption is not good. So you see, we live in a bounded system. A bounded system means we have a system where we can differentiate it from Monstrat and St. Kitts and Nevis and the states. The resources are not infinite. The resources are infinite, and uh, uh, the resources are uh, uh, the resources are not boundless, right? And so the opportunities and the resources and the jobs and so forth and all those things that in that state that in our system are just so much. So when when some persons because of their positions, when some persons because of, of the fact that we elect them and they sit in certain offices. They take more for themselves than other people, or they give other people willy-nilly. It means that it disadvantages the rest of us, because the more for them mean the less for us. And that is not democracy. That can't be democracy. We talk about democracy by the people for the people. We talk about each endeavor in all achieving, or Satan them just say that. So that is not democracy, and that can't be right. So as citizens, then, there's something that you and me have to do. Lots of things that we have to do. We have to remember that we are citizens in a fledgling, in a young and growing democracy. We have to be committed to participate with democracy, to getting involved, to calling out wrong and evil, to doing what we do like we're doing now, to bringing people on board, to digging people in the side, to go into church and stand up in the congregation when sermon preaching and say, Minister, stop it. Talk the truth. Talk what, what matters now. We need to say that. We need to use the airwaves, calling on the radio station because the other people who in the who in this hanky-panky business, they are the ones who are exploiting the airwaves. We need to get involved in the airwaves. And we need to remember that we are good citizens. Democracy is not a spectator sport, as we believe. A lot of us curse and say things here and there, but it goes beyond that. We have to roll up our sleeves. We have to be willing to, to jump in the, in the ring and call wrong, wrong. Right? We are faithful nationals, as I said. We have a responsibility to stand up and stand out. That is who we are for Antigua and Barbuda, one people, one nation, one vision, standing up and standing out. Thank you. Chance together for Sister Atil. Yeah, man. Brothers and sisters, very quickly, let me bring you up to date on Barbuda today. Barbuda today is just about 65% electricity ready.
Barbuda today has no running water. Barbuda today still have no proper banking facilities. The Hannah Thomas Hospital is still not functional. The police department in Barbuda, brothers and sisters, are still not housed. Brothers and sisters, there are still Barbudans that are living in tents. And this is two years, just about going on two years after Hurricane Irma. But brothers and sisters, Barbudans were evacuated off Barbuda with the promise that they would return home and found certain things in place in Barbuda. But what actually happened is when we got back home, we met a lot of trucks that were working for two hours, getting eight hours pay. <coughs> and brothers and sisters, these trucks were owned by people in government. Brothers and sisters, those are just seven items that I have listed that have still not been brought back to normalcy in Barbuda. 1,800 people, 1,100 homes, and there's still Barbudans living in tents. There's still Barbudans who have to go to the wells to draw water all out of Codrington Village just to bathe their skins. I understand that the same problem is in our sister island over here, but we live in an economic powerhouse. Brothers and sisters, we live in an economic powerhouse and we can't even bathe our skins properly. That's the quality of governance that the people of Antigua and Barbuda face today. Brothers and sisters, to tell you more about the issues facing the people of Antigua and Barbuda, I'm going to bring a young man to you, Brother Fernando Samuel. Come, my brother, come and address your people. Brothers and sisters, they say there are two opportunities in life that you cannot retract and ever gain back. That is number one, the spoken word, and number two, the opportunity to make a change in your nation. With that, I am proud to be here this evening to address you, the faithful nationals, on the eve of our Labor Day celebrations. As a young and proud upcoming trade unionist in this Twin Island nation, I've been asked to speak briefly on a few of the challenges faced by our young workers in this country. Let me first start by reiterating that workers' rights are human rights. And these rights are governed by our constitution and enhanced by our labor code. Regardless of whatever political, social, or age difference we have, we must, if we cannot fully understand and appreciate 
that we are to be committed to our country. We are no better than our forefathers operating under the massa years when they had no rights and no recognition whatsoever. Too often, too, too, too often, have I had to represent young workers who are exploited just because they need a job. They're subjected to long, hard hours, inhumane conditions, and receive, at times, less than a minimum wage. And when we're done, we have the audacity to say the youth are our future, and we must invest in them. Pure lip service. But where are the opportunities for the youths and the young workers? Upon entering the workplace with new and creative methods of executing their duties as young workers, we are told, young man, that is not how it is done. Or who we feel he be? Then just reach. Then young and feel they know everything. However, it's very convenient for these same employers and the management to brag about they have succession planning and investing in our youth capacity. Where is the engaging social dialogue for our workers and young people to help assist and develop them as the future workers and leaders of our Twin Island nation? We need, and we need groups and interest parties like you, the faithful nationals, to champion this cause. And don't let me begin to start about the lovely opportunities that they want to put on us about the repetitive contractual arrangements where they only exploit our labor and don't provide us with tangible benefits. What about the young people that have the opportunity to go away and abroad, spend thousands of dollars only to come back in what? If they're fortunate, into a low job where they have student loans as much as mortgages. And then you want to say the youth is our future and we are investing in them and their investment opportunities. Where are these investment opportunities? I don't see them. Brothers and sisters, these are only a few of the realities faced by our young people, which I have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, it would be misleading of me to stand here before you tonight and tell you that all young workers are ideal and diligent employees. Just like you, the mature in our society, we do have some thorns among the roses. And for us to correct that and to take back our nation, we've got to get back into the schools and back into our communities and begin to reforge that spirit that once binded us in our yesteryears and teach the youths the importance of standing up for something that matters and not falling for everything and the holy dollar. I'm telling you, there has got to be a culture shift. There's got to be one, brothers and sisters, that will allow us to stop playing lip service in this Twin Island nation and provide real opportunities for workers and not only just the youth people. In closing, I just want to say this task is not an easy one for us. And I say us, because I, as a young worker and a man within the labor movement, have a role to play. But a country that fails to empower and educate its workforce is a country that is doomed for failure. 
Let us not forget the work and the effort of our fallen brothers and sisters within the labor movement. And you, the faithful nationals, who have been through the gambits of the law, just to make sure that the voice of the people are heard. In closing, I want to invite each and every one of you tonight, and who's listening, to come and rally with the Antigua and Barbuda Workers' Union and the Trade Union Congress this coming Monday, which is Labor Day, to demonstrate solidarity and the fact that we are here and we're demonstrating a commitment to good governance and proper working conditions in our Twin Island nation. Long live the faithful nationals. Long live freedom of speech in Antigua and Barbuda for everybody. And long live the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union and the Trade Union Movement. Thank you. It is the voice of the people that will make the difference. Always remember that. If the voice of the people is standing up for justice, then justice must come to the people. But if we sit back and pretend that nothing is happening, injustice will reign on the people of Antigua and Barbuda. Brothers and sisters, I remind you of this. A lot of us might not be able to leave a rich financial legacy for our children, but it's important that we leave a country that is rich in pride, a country that is not being squandered around the world, has been meted out in the world of one that is totally corrupt. It is important that we clean up Antigua and Barbuda and leave that legacy so our children can be proud of us. Brothers and sisters, let this generation go down in the annals of history as one that stood up and one that fought for justice in Antigua and Barbuda. That might be all that some of us will be able to leave for our children. So brothers and sisters, let us fight. Let us stand up as faithful nationals. Let us stand up as proud 
Antiguans and Barbudans and defend Antigua and Barbuda to the teeth. Brothers and sisters, I welcome my next speaker to the podium and I dare say my favorite bird. Brothers and sisters, welcome Brother Weber III to the podium to address you. Good night, faithful nationals. Good night, Antigua and Barbuda. I am here tonight because we are approaching the Labor Weekend, a weekend where we celebrate the laborers, those who built this country. Without you, there will be no Antigua and Barbuda. Without you, there will be no future for this country that we love. I am here to tell you tonight that I am not the fine-tuned sniper with precision tonight. What I am going to be tonight is a shotgun because I'm going to scatter my shots left, right, and center. And that is the mood that I am in tonight. <laughs> Let me tell you why I am here. Because I saw a top dog. I saw a top dog saying sweet nothings to the people of Point and Villa. And this top dog was telling them about, oh, when you move out, that we're going to find a place for you. And then when we build the house back, we're going to move you back there, and then you're going to own title to that property. He's a damn liar. That is million-dollar property. And those people will never, ever see title to that land. Let us call it for what it is. When you mix a mangy dog with a mad dog, that is when you get the top dog. And when you get the top dog, like any other dog, whether it is low dog, middle dog, or high dog, it still has fleas and ticks. So top dog, what I am telling you tonight is that I have a flea color for you. And if you behave yourself good, I will get a dog biscuit to you. So behave yourself. The people, the laborers, are the ones that built this country. Not the elites, not the intellectuals. Your hard work, day in, day out. Some of you, the majority of you, are underpaid. The majority of you have 10 years of back pay, and you can't get your money up to now. When they say that we are the economic powerhouse of the Caribbean, tell them, where is my 10 years of back pay? 
That is when they pay you your money. That's when you know you have arrived to be an economic powerhouse. But I must tell you, the people in Point and Villa need to be careful. Because just today, the same family that had that altercation three, four weeks ago were given notice today, the 2nd of May, that they have seven clear days to vacate the premises. So seven clear days by next week, Friday, the 10th of May, they have to leave their premises. Where they want to put them? Joe Mikes. Joe Mikes, one of the young daughters is in a wheelchair. And they're telling you to go to Jamaica until whenever or when after they do whatever. And then they're going to move you back and give you a title. Let us face the reality. Big business has their designs for that area. And mark my words, they will not be going back there. No matter what the top dog say, can he say when he put his signature on something that is the, the will of the cabinet? No, that is the will of the top dog. You see what happened to the top dog? He's deluded. And for some reason, he actually is deluded enough to think that he married into my family. But the reality is, is that he never married into my family. What he got was my grandfather, my uncle's jacket. That is the reality. So take your deluded thoughts of being part of my family and go and do good to the people of Point. That is the reality. Because when you mix a mad dog and a mangy dog, you get a top dog. And this top dog... He needs to be put into his place. He needs to be put into his place. And no one can do that but for you. You, the laborers of Antigua and Barbuda, are in a position to correct this top dog and let him know what he's all about. Can you imagine they're rushing now to build their headquarters to open up for Labor Day? But let me tell you this. They're in the perfect place as I told you two months ago we have them where we want them because do you know the address for the Antigua Labour Party headquarters the Antigua Labour Party headquarters Lady Nugent graveyard St. John's Antigua and you can put on the West Indies if you want just to make it certain where they are they have moved to a graveyard and what I'm here to inform you about, Papa Bonham. Papa Bonham, they moved the headstones, but they did not move the bodies. They will haunt them up at that spot, that graveyard, for eternity. So we are in a very good position because... They will call it, the Americans call it the poltergeist will deal with them. But we know it as the Jumbi and them go hurt them until they get off of the head. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
I have said this once, I've said this twice, I've said this three times. When the history of the West Indies is written, three, four generations from now, the history will show that the richest people in the Caribbean, in the West Indies, were not the Jamaicans with their bauxite. It was not the Trinidadians with their oil. It was not the Guyanese with their gold and their oil that they found the other day. It was you, the Antiguans and Barbudans, who purchased your land in 1967 under Vere C. Bird Sr. All those beachfront property lands, and the thing is, is not 10, 15, 20 beaches, 365 beaches, the primest real estate in the world. You are sitting on a gold mine. You are part of a culture, a society, which is worth billions of dollars. But when you look around Antigua and Barbuda and St. John's, you have to ask the question, where the money gone? That is the circumstance that we are facing now and we need to address. Where is the wealth? How has the wealth been distributed to the poor in our society? How has the wealth been distributed to the laborers in our society? And it is a sad case where those amongst us who wanted to separate from us or think they were society or think that they were better than us because of their education and greed separated the Antiguans and Barbarians where the few do well, and the majority of us as laborers catch hell. That is the reality. But when the history is written, there's no other wealthier country in the Caribbean but Antigua. Because what you stand on, all these beaches, beachfront properties, Papa Bird bought them in 1967 for just about six million pounds sterling. And those properties, when you put market value on them today, is billions of dollars. This is the richest country in the Caribbean. But how has that wealth trickled down? It has not. And that is what we need to fight and to realize that as laborers, we need to get a, past, a piece of the pie. I am telling you again, we need to get rid of what is there because what is there is up to no good in this country. They are enriching themselves and they are so brazen about it. It's not behind in any smoke-filled room. They tell you what they are doing and how they are living well. And they come and tell you that because they have 300 jobs during the Royalton that they have done something for you. There is no way that our economy can progress just by tourism alone because one hotel, to run a hotel, only takes about 300 jobs. So when they're talking about Royalton and after 2014, one hotel opened and they only have 300 jobs available, you tell me, how are the 15,000 people who are unemployed going to find work? When you realize 
that it's only one hotel. And we were promised so much in 2014 concerning EDA and the billion dollars that was supposed to be put into this, this economy. It has not happened. It does not exist. It is a pie in the sky. We need to be focused. We need to realize that it's not about me doing well or somebody else doing well, so forget about everybody else. Because if we don't all have a plan to improve our economic circumstances, then this generation is going to be a failed generation. And it doesn't even matter in my time, because that's me. But like you, I have children. And I want to see a better country. I left Antigua when I was 11 years old. October 1983, I went to the United States. My parents decided they wanted to educate me up there. I came back 2002 August, 19 years in the United States and the United Kingdom, where I went to read law. I mean, I have no American accent, you know. I don't like beef burgers, and I don't like neon lights, and I don't like nuclear bombs. Because to me, the greatest country in the world is Antigua and Barbuda. That is why I will not leave my beloved country. What my grandfather fought so hard for, I am going to stay here for better or for worse. Because I am my naval strength buried right up the Ahalbeton. And I will not abandon my country. I will have to stay here and fight for the betterment of my country. Because it's not about Papa Bird. It's not about Weber Jr. It's not about Weber III. But wow, look at Weber IV will come and tell me, Daddy, I have to go beg somebody um, at Global Ports for a job right now because they control the tourism industry in Antigua. I don't want to dwell too much on the, the, the Global Ports situation. Other speakers are coming tonight to deal with that. But I also want to mention about the e-book scandal. Where are the parents for all these children that have been disadvantaged? This was one of the biggest policies and programs that was set forward to raise the education level in Antigua and Barbuda. Since 2014, it has been implemented, and it has been an absolute failure. Four years have passed. Those e-books cannot even be used now because the technology is old. You can't go and use those books now, so what are we going to do? Before this damn blasted government realized that they made a mistake. And one thing I like about the Orientals, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, is when they make a mistake, when they make a big boo-boo, you see them bow down to the people and apologize to you for what they have done. No matter how them teeth have all kind of money and all kind of thing, but they have some level of shame. They don't bowing down. You see a man in hand a tuxedo and so on, all well-dressed and all crispy and starch and so on. No matter bow down, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry. No, we don't do that in Antigua. We just let the, the good times roll. It goes on and it goes on. And that is what I am telling you. We need to put a stop to that in our culture because we deserve better. 
We are supposed to be seven miles hovering up in the air because we purchase our own land. The land that you are sitting on is the most expensive land in the Caribbean. And when you look about St. John's and you look around Castries and you look about Port of Spain and you look about Kingston and Kingstown, there's no difference. Where has the wealth gone? Where has the wealth gone? It has not come down, trickle down to the average Antiguan and Barbuda. You are catching hell, and I'm telling you, you deserve better. You are entitled to better because your forefathers have bought in to purchasing those lands, and you are entitled to a better standard of living than any other Caribbean island. And this government cannot provide that for you because you hear this government say they're going to have a university by September. Jump high or jump low. But you can't even implement an e-book system to the public schools. So if you can't implement a simple handing out an e-book tablet and having the proper software on the tablet that is accessible to the students, you fail miserably in that. You don't kowtow to the people and apologize. But now you're going on to start University of the West Indies. Do you really believe that is going to be a success? It will be a shame if students from Antigua and Barbuda go to that school, pay their money, and are not properly accredited at the end of the day. We have to be on guard as Antiguans and Barbudans because I feel personally that our country, the way of life of Antiguans and Barbudans, the way we do our thing is being taken away from us. Just as I was walking up from the, the stop there, I went to get a, a, a Guinness before I came up here. And the police officer telling me to stop because the national anthem is playing. You know what he's telling me? You stay in one spot because the national anthem is playing. This is a country that sells passports, right? To people who never heard the national anthem before. This is a country that sells passports to people who don't know what fungi and saltfish is. And if they heard the national anthem playing, they're walking on the road, they don't even know what it is. But the policeman telling me, I must stand at attention. Go tell the CIP citizens to go stand at attention. But they won't even know what it is. They probably think it's a nursery rhyme or some sort of thing. That is the sad circumstance that we're in as a nation. And the top dog, top dog, you're a little delusional. You, for some unbeknownst reason, thought you married into my family. You received my uncle's jacket. Please go and ask my Aunt Cleo. She'll tell you how the story goes. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.
Faithful Nationals! Faithful Nationals! Let your voice be heard! Let me tell you something, not much to say after Vibra the third, right? But one thing, the person in the crowd who was asking me why I'm wearing red, this is Burgundy. Alright, close enough, but it's Burgundy. Alright, I'm going to bring my next speaker to the podium. Brothers and sisters, welcome! Brother Richard Lewis to the podium. Chairman, citizens and residents of Antigua and Barbuda, lend me your ears for a few minutes. Antigua and Barbuda is in crisis. We have crisis in governance. We have an administration in office that is concerned only with self-enrichment. At the expense of the working class people of Antigua and Barbuda, and the vulnerable amongst us. And as we go into this Labor Day weekend, as we celebrate, let us be focused because we have a job to do, and that is to remove this despotic ALP administration. The issues and scandals are many. And when I last spoke to you, I spoke about the e-book scandal. And many believe that it has been swept under the carpet. The Minister of Education, MS Brown, believes that he has gone clear. But I have news for him tonight. The e-book scandal is still very much alive. They have committed $13 million of our tax dollars to a company for a project that I call a phantom project, and they must answer, they must pay. So MS Brown, wet your hand and wait for us. But tonight, I'm on a different mission. I'm here to talk to you for a few minutes on the, Fort, the proposed Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies. You know, you have an LB administration that they do everything in an ad hoc manner. They have no plan whatsoever. Even a village shop is run more efficiently than this administration. So they say to us that we're going to get the Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies come September 2019, a few months away. In January, 
2017, the throne speech of January 2017, it was stated, the University College of Antigua and Barbuda, more properly called the University of the West Indies Antigua Campus, will become a reality in September 2018. They told us that the campus was established at Five Islands with two schools already. September 18 came and we got no university. Many told them that the date was unrealistic. There was an administrator from the University of Guyana who offered assistance in putting together a strategic plan for the University of the West Indies, Fort Landed campus here in Antigua and Barbuda. But as usual, they didn't listen. In April 2018, thrown speech of April 2018, just after they got an overwhelming mandate from the electorate of Antigua and Barbuda, after dishing out millions and millions of dollars, they state the University of the West Indies Fort Landed campus at Five Islands is a case in point. My government has petitioned the friendly government of the People's Republic of China to provide additional resources to construct additional library and classroom space. They lied to us. Not one thing goes so. The cabinet notes of mid-November 2018, they said that work is continuing down at Five Islands and that the Fort Landed campus meets all the requirements imposed by the degree-issuing institution and will open its door in 2019. They said to us that they will make sure that all systems are equal and even superior to the other three landed campuses in the Caribbean. We have Mona, Jamaica, St. Augustine, Trinidad, and Cavill, Barbados. Now, I just want to share Let's take Cavill, for example. I want to share a few amenities there at Cavill. And I want you to tell me, looking around here in Antigua, looking at Five Islands, looking on the hill at the Antigua State College, and tell me if you see anything that resembles what we have at Cavill, or even betters what we have at Cavill. Cavill sits on 50 acres of land. Cavill has five faculties with over 250 programs and over 10,000 students, three halls of residence, bookstore, libraries, credit union, health center, pharmacy, campus supermarket, fully air-conditioned cafeteria, professional cricket ground, Usain Bolt Sports Complex, and I can go on and on. You go to Five Islands, you go to the Antigua State College and tell me if you see anything remotely resembling what I've listed here. Where are these facilities in Antigua and Barbuda? There's a report. It is the Antigua State College Campus Environment and Public Health Assessment Report submitted December 30, 2018. The Antigua State College is a major campus in the proposed Land, Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies. This report was done at the Antigua State College. And it's a damning report. And I'm sure the folks at the 
the, for the general counsel of the University of the West Indies would have seen this report. And I'll just list a couple of things to you. The compound, the buildings, the classrooms, the lighting, ventilation, water supply, plumbing, insect rodent control, accident pre prevention, staff room, toilet facilities, solid waste disposal, administration office, library, and it goes on and on. Guess what? Everything is unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory. Yet they want to come and tell us that we are going to get a fourth landed campus of the University of the West Indies come September 2019 because they take us a fools. Now, they believe they can run roughshod over the people of Antigua and Barbuda, and they can do the same thing to the General Council of the University of the West Indies. So they went. In the budget of 2019, they allocated $2 million to the setup of a Fort Landed campus. What $2 million can do? Can't do nothing. They told us that they have the University College of Antigua and Barbuda, and in the same breath, they spoke about the Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies. So we want to know which one is it? Is it the University College of Antigua and Barbuda or the Fort Landed campus? They don't even know. Last year, the Prime Minister spoke of how he thinks he can fund the University of the West Indies at Fort Landed campus. He said that he's thinking that is after the toilets he would have opened the campus in 2018 and then September 2019 without a plan. ABS, you increase ABS in the people of Antigua and Barbuda. On the working class people of Antigua and Barbuda, he's going to increase the ABST. He also said that he's going to tax insurance companies, petroleum companies, banks, and the like. In Parliament, recently, the Income Tax Amendment Bill 2019 was passed. And that levies 10% on the net income of all commercial banking institutions, insurance companies, petroleum companies, telecommunication companies in respect of the income for the year commencing 1st January 2019 and ending on December 31st, 2020. So there is a tax, there is a new tax. And guess what? Do you think the insurance companies and these other companies are just going to hand that over to the government? No. They're going to put the burden. They're going to find creative ways of putting the burden on you, the people. But I want you to note something. Do you, we want to know, the General Council of the University of the West Indies wants to know, how Antigua is going to fund the campus. He said, well, we're charging a tax, a 10% tax. But they say, yeah, you're charging a 10% tax, but you're starting to collect the tax at the end of 2019. But you want to open the university in September. How that going to work? And how you're going to sustain the funding after that? He said, the tax, they say no, the tax ends in 2020. It's a sunset tax. 
So what's going to happen? They can't answer the questions. So when the Attorney General and the Minister of Education went down to Trinidad for the council meeting, lots of questions were asked. They couldn't answer the questions because they had no plan, no strategic plan. So guess what? Trinidad and Barbados say, you know something? We need some time to ponder this thing, to think about this. So you just hold breaks. Hold breaks! And we will get back to you. And of course, the Prime Minister being the bombastic, uncouth individual that he is, took to the media the top dog. And he lashed out at the General Council of the University of the West Indies, the people there in Barbados and Trinidad. And he said, you have some politics that's taking root now with some of campus countries. If I may call them, may call them that, expressing concerns that they have all kinds of fears, they have all kinds of innuendos and subterfuge. They now bring to the fore. All I want to say to them, jump high, jump low. We're opening up the doors of the university come September. So in a case, in a case, you open the university come September. But it's not going to be a Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies. Then he said, if they put any obstacles in our way, then we'll consider using another brand. Who is going to listen to Gaston Brown talking about opening a university in September? Then he went on to say, those who have their little petty jealousies, they better put them aside. These comments have been blasted all across the media across the Caribbean, and people are wondering, wait, is a crazy man y'all have in Antigua? He's a crazy man, and he called himself the top dog. So I want to ask him, because the people are asking questions just like we're asking questions. They have no plan. I can show you this. This is a plan, excerpts of a plan, that was put together in 2010 by the then UPP administration for University of Antigua and Barbuda. So we had a plan. We left it there for them. All they have to do is take it up. And if they want to tweak it, tweak it. But they don't have no plan. So I want to ask them, Prime Minister Gaston Brown, the top dog, is it petty jealousy that you have no documented strategic plan for the Fort Landed campus? Because you know, got to them with nothing. They don't see no strategic plan. So they say, we can't work like that. We have a brand to protect. We have a name to protect. Is it petty jealousy, Mr. Prime Minister, that has caused the Antigua State College to be in a state of disrepair? Is it petty jealousy, Mr. Prime Minister, that your administration cannot show adequate funding for the Fort Landed campus of the University of the West Indies? Is it petty jealousy that your administration cannot seem to let the fears of the people about the feasibility of a September 2019 opening? Is it petty jealousy? that there are concerns about the protection of the UWE brand and the sustainability of a Fort Landed campus. I want to make just a few suggestions to the Antigua Labour Party administration because they need help. I want them to go to the plan created by the United Progressive Party. Go take up the plan and read it. It has realistic timelines. Proposed financing for the university, identification of staff, proposed organizational structure, a proposed act to establish the university, documented realistic timelines. Go read this and create a strategic plan 
So when you go to the people at the University of the West Indies, or wherever you go, you can present a plan to them, a plan that they can believe in. I'm suggesting further that the Antigua State College, rather than talking about you're going to open a September come, a university come September 2019, and a university be good for Antigua and Barbuda, but let's do it right. We're not against a university, but let's do it right. Antigua State College must be given urgent attention in improving the infrastructure so it can meet university standards because we say that's going to be a part of the Fort Landed campus. And the way it is right now, nobody want to go there. The workers up there are crying out for help. We want the Prime Minister, instead of talking about a Fort Landed campus, to consider what the university is offering, a university college of the West Indies, granting degrees at the bachelor's level in selected disciplines and then morph into a Fort Landed campus of the university. And I want them to abandon the idea of using the facility at Five Islands as a university. That facility was created It's a secondary school. It is a secondary school. It was built as a secondary school and we want it for a secondary school. I want the Prime Minister to tone down his rhetoric when negotiating with the University of the West Indies or negotiating with anyone. He's putting us in problems, putting us in hot water. And then when he's done making millions, he's gone about his business and he leaves us in the hot water. We want him to tone down the rhetoric and provide irrefutable evidence to the University of the West Indies that we can afford a Fort Landed campus here. As a people, we must demand better of our leaders. We need to get off of our laurels and show people power because we have people power. We elect them. The electorate of Antigua and Barbuda elect the government. And when they don't live up to our expectations, we should use our voting finger and vote them out of office. And we keep voting out and voting out until they listen to us as electorate, until they get it right. So I say to us, citizens and residents of Antigua and Barbuda, join the mission. Join the mission to take back our nation, Antigua and Barbuda. Join the mission to redeem our nation, if not for ourselves. If not for ourselves, oh Lord, think about your children and your children's children and join the mission to redeem Antigua and Barbuda. Have a safe and a productive Labor Weekend. Thank you and good night.
Because when you own dark bite you, you will be famous. Tell your brothers and sisters. We had an opportunity, brothers and sisters, and what did we do? We had the opportunity, brothers and sisters, to change all this, but we gave Captain Brown another five years. When you own dark bite you, oh, brothers and sisters, you're well baby. Yeah, man! Faithful Nationals! Yeah, man. Hey, brothers and sisters, I know right after we were evacuated out of Barbuda, there was a meeting held at the American University of Antigua up there, up the road there. I know a lot of us here we're probably at that meeting. Brothers and sisters, do you remember some of the promises that were made by the Honorable Gaston and Brown through that jackass Artelibs? Now, brothers and sisters, in all reality, every single question that was posed to Artelibs to Gaston Brown, the answer was yes. Just say yes, just say yes. Can you imagine it's like throwing a brick to a drowning man, you understand? Just tell them yes, they will hold on on it. Because what, they're a traumatized people? No, did, don't you brothers and sisters think that Barbudans at that point deserved better? You know, I remember a brother asked him a question, and the question was, for years, under the Antigua Labour Party, the people of Barbuda have only received the crumbs from the master's table. You know, Gaston Brown's response was, don't worry about it, man. From today, you'll be eating the whole loaf. The whole loaf of what? Barbuda since then, have only received one thing from the Gaston Brown-led administration, and that is insults after insults after insults. And you know, brothers and sisters, it's the insults are coming home to Antiguero. Listen, he told them, Duncan Point, he didn't need them vote because he can win the election without them. And they're just like Barbudans. They have the Barbudan mentality when it comes to their lands. Can you imagine that? So because the people of Barbuda knows exactly what it is that they're standing up for, and the people in point, I heard they went back and apologized, but hey, let's say go. Because the people of Barbuda knows exactly what it is, that is important to them and the future generations to come in Barbuda. Gaston Brown takes offense and takes issue with that. But brother man, the battle of the war has just begun.
Because if you declare in war on the people of Barbuda, the people of Barbuda will retaliate. Because you know what? Unlike some, we really are the 300. We really are the 300. And I'm going to introduce to you now one of the generals in that army of the 300. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome to the faithful Nationals podium, Brother Fabian Jones. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, faithful nationals. Good night to the people of Antigua and Barbuda. The question is tonight, where are we heading? Do we know where we're heading, Antiguans and Barbudans? Well, if you don't know where you're heading, then you need to change track and stop following that leader. A time for stop following the top dog. You understand me? The time for us to change direction is now. Why? When you have a prime minister of a nation telling the people that he advised his wife, who is a minister of government, to go to bank so that they can go buy land in certain areas to enrich themselves. What I said to you? Huh? And we sit down quiet in Antigua. What happened to the people that call themselves the Christian Council? Injustice is rampant in Antigua and Barbuda. And the Christian Council is quiet. But the faithful nationals will not be quiet. That is why we are out here tonight. To let you know that your incapable hands are under this faithful national movement. And in this movement, you have all different political parties that have put their differences aside to look after the nation business. And that is why you must support the people who stand up for your interests, even in these times. Can you imagine, my dear people of Antigua and Barbuda, in a few days from now, we're moving into the hurricane season. 2019 hurricane season is upon us. And the people in Barbuda still living in tents and the amount of money that came to Antigua and Barbuda could fix all the houses in Barbuda and even in Antigua. But what you find happening 
They keep enriching themselves with the people's money. And they're telling the people of Barbuda, telling the council, that if you want to see things happen, you need to stop talking about the relief funds. Gaston Brown, I don't know who you expect to stop talking. But Fabian Jones will not stop asking about the monies that you collect on behalf of the people of Barbuda. Telling you that people are not going to give monies if you continue to ask about the monies that I've given. That is total nonsense. Trying to intimidate people. But Gaston Brown, we are not afraid of you. And the faithful nationals are not afraid of you. Look around tonight. Look at the people. They're standing in defense of Antigua and Barbuda. I hear my brother Louis talking about the Fort Landed campus of the University of, and of West Indies. That is what they went to Parliament to pass, you know, a bill to support financially the University of the West Indies Fort Landed campus. I told them in Parliament that they did injustice to the people of Five Islands by denying them a secondary school. Five Islands deserve a primary school. They deserve a secondary school. They even deserve a university. But they cannot take what was given to them from them and tell them it is okay. It is total nonsense. And then tell me a guy they called Beef was on the media the night after Parliament. And they said Fabian was the topic. They said Fabian was drunk in Parliament. Beef, I have children and grandchildren. I have to look out for the interests. So if you don't have nothing to look out for, too bad. But we must stand up in defense for our children and their children and their children to come. We will not be bought or sold. My dear people of Antigua and Barbuda, I want to say to you tonight, Gaston Brown is trying to build a dynasty for himself. We must not allow no one man in a no nation to build no dynasty in our free country, democratic country. We must stop it now. Every move that Gaston Brown makes against the people of Antigua and Barbuda must be challenged in the courts. Because already right now he has 15 clowns and he go to parliament and pass whatever laws he wants to protect himself. But we must show them that the courts are still in function in Antigua and Barbuda. And I'm glad to know that your leader, Howard Lovell, and others have filed a court in the court against Global Port. That's the move. That is what you have to do. The people of Barbuda have taken the Labour Party government to court time after time 
when they try to mess with the rights of the people of Barbuda. And I'm glad that the people of Antigua are realizing that they can use the courts to get justice. And when they can't find justice in the courts, when the election come, when the elections are called, take Labour Party out of government once and for all. Because no matter who become leader of Labour Party, they have the same mentality that them own this country. Every single political leader in Labour believe that they are the top dog and them run things in Antigua and Barbuda. But we must say to them, no way. No way. So my dear people, I want to encourage you to come out to these meetings. Do not get weary in well-doing. Because I hear some people calling on the radio station, you know. And they say, oh, we're tired. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We must stand up and let our voices be heard. We must go into parliament and put and picket them time after time when the time is necessary. And we must take a stand for Antigua and Barbuda. That is what the national anthem says. We must gird our lines and join the battle. This is no time to be standing aside and watching what is going on. Put your shoulder to the wheel so that your name will be recorded in the history of Antigua and Barbuda. That you stood up against an oppressive, wicked, vindictive oppressor as Gaston Brown. Gaston Brown telling the people of Point area that we're going to make better houses for you. And then when he don't know, they now get back in there now. Because they now got the money to pay for the houses there. The same thing you tried to do in Barbuda. We will rebuild Barbuda for you. When you finish rebuilding, we'll bring it back over. But tell Gaston Bonasego, we will rebuild Barbuda with the help of whoever is willing to help us. And that is how we intend to do it. Because Antiguans and Barbudans, you need to understand that the people of Barbuda were arrested to stay in Barbuda. Can you imagine that? You are in your country and police come to arrest you to stay in your country, to rebuild your country. And Chuck said he walk about in Antigua. Wanted for billion dollars Ponzi scheme. And they're still here. You understand me? All kind of people have a passport bringing shame to Antigua and Barbuda. And they're not going to look for them. But they want to stop people from doing what is right. To rebuild their own country. Antiguans, we will rebuild Antigua and Barbuda. But you must do it under a new government. So what we need to do right now is to tell Gaston Brown, call the elections now. We want the elections now. Because enough is enough. Because if we allow them to go on too long, you know, 
maybe you'll hear that we have a new president, a new king, and we in Antigua and Barbuda will be slaves once more. So before that happens, tell him, call the election now. Enjoy your Labor Day, and while you're enjoying the time, remember, Antigua and Barbuda is your home. Thank you very much. Sisters, we going good. Be here. When the people of Barbuda brings the fight for Barbuda back to Gaston Brown, we're gonna call on all faithful nationals to support us physically, financially, spiritually, and in every form possible. Because if it's one thing that we have realized in Barbuda, we're not only just up against a tyrant, that we're also up against principalities. Antigua and Barbuda is under siege. All how? In every way, shape, and form. The brothers and sisters, we will do as Barbudans. As we did with Observer, we'll bring our things to you. You come and support us financially because we will need that. Because we are going to be faced with court battles after court battles after court battles when it comes to the lands of Barbuda. But brothers and sisters, that don't start over here. Brother Harrell and them don't start. So it's a people who are going to be tied up in the courts and there's going to be hell to pay if we can't go out there and win these cases, both for Barbuda and for Antigua. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring the second of the rose among the thorns to address us here tonight. A powerful young lady, brothers and sisters. Put your hands together and welcome to the podium, Sister Pearl Quinn. Amazing ha 
opportunity if they knew they would get away with it. Can you believe that came out of the mouth of a leader of a country? What kind of leader says that? He is telling us about himself and the members of his cabinet because we all know that they are in the 99% bracket. He's telling us that they're all corrupt. And what kind of people accept this and defend this kind of statement? I'll tell you who those people are. Those are the people in the 99% bracket that he's saying have no integrity because stealing represents overall dishonesty. So wherever you see a thief, you see a liar. So it's the lies. It's the corruption, it's the trickery, it's the thiefing, it's the cheating, it's the fraud. It's the complicity in seeing wrongdoing, in seeing injustice and remaining silent. Those are the people that represent the 99%. And we see these being in the government as blatant as they, from the top to the bottom. They have left the cookie jar open access to all so you give them the opportunity because he know that they're in the 99 percent and that they will steal so they bribe the public servants by giving them promotions and because the public servants have compromised themselves they say nothing they do nothing and because all of them hands dirty nobody can point a finger at nobody Nobody can call anybody out. I don't know why people thought that Michael Brown was going to stand by the signed memorandum expressing his concerns about the Global Ports Agreement. That would never happen. Their hands are all unclean. They are all in the 99%, and the Prime Minister knows that. But I am proud to be in the 1%. I am a one percenter, just like all of you here tonight and all of people around Antigua and Barbuda are one percenters. 
All the one percenters here say tonight, say yeah, yeah. We have reached a sad, sad, sad state here in Antigua and Barbuda. We are brazen, in your face, corruption is rampant and the 99%ers are silent. But we, the one percenters, we will not be silent and we will not be silenced. We will expose it. We will denounce it. We will condemn it. And we will do something about it. And so we will protest in the streets, in the parliament, wherever and whenever, and exercise our democratic rights as one percenters and faithful nationals because we say no to corruption. We say no to the destruction of the environment. We say no to gross incompetence. We say no to the unjust global ports agreement. We say no to the advantage and injustice to our people. We say no because we are one percenters. We as one percenters, we value people before profit. We value country before self. We value character before competence. We value integrity before ability. We value principles before personalities. We value actions before words. We value performance over propaganda. We value morals over money. We value good over evil. We value truth over lies. We value our name over riches. We value ourselves over party. We are the one percenters and our value is priceless. And one day, one day, we shall overcome. One day, we shall prevail because the gates of hell will never prevail against the one percenters. We will overcome and we will see victory. We will take this country back from these people, the 99 percenters. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good evening and a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Good night.
Yes, brothers and sisters, big her up. That's a powerful woman. That is a powerful, faithful, national. Wow. Well, if I wasn't ready to fight, I'd throw off my shot and be ready. Pick up my billy or whatever. I'm ready for fight. Pearl, thank you, thank you. Bob, Antigas and Barbudas. Shout out for Pearl, man! Yeah, man! The strength of a woman, the appropriate song, Mr. DJ. You're on target. Well, Pearl, you know, the 99 percenters, they justify because our prime minister told them to enrich yourselves through creative ways. So creatively, do what you have to do. You understand? At the expense of the people of Antigua and Barbuda. And that is why, while we live in an economic poorhouse, they are trendsetters, jet-setters, and all those nice words all over the place. Driving in the best cars. You understand? Flying in the sea, plane and helicopter for $6,000 per trip to Barbuda. That is what we're up against, brothers and sisters. So, you know what? I am happy. And every single faithful national should be happy to be a part of the one percenters. So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to call another one percenter because that's where I'm going now. Pearl, you just put that in me. You hear that now? Come out now. Another one percenter. Brothers and sisters. A powerful man. He has been standing up and fighting for the workers of Antigua and Barbuda for years. And importantly, a couple of days away from Labor Day. Put your hands together and welcome Brother Chester Hughes to the podium. And when you're rolling with the army that must hear we me represent the Gaza. Ah. Hey. We no afraid of nobody, no afraid of nobody. We no afraid of nobody. Good night, no UPP. Nobody. We Good no night, faithful nationals. We no afraid of nobody. Good night, movement. Good night, working class people of Antigua and Barbuda. Thank you, Bones. Yes, my people. Tonight, I join the faithful nationals and the one percenters in saying that London Bridge is falling down. I join you in saying, Captain, the ship is sinking. On this the eve of our Labor Day, I dare say to you that in this economic powerhouse, we hardly have fire engines on the road. In this economic powerhouse, pensioners can't get paid on time. In this 
house, corruption is king. You know, one of the things that I'm most proud of the UPP government for is that for 10 years, we sat in government and for at least five or six years, they're trying to catch one minister on corruption. But for five years, they've been in government and at least five ministers' hands are now dabbled in corruption. That is the difference in leadership in this country. For five years in government, the industrial court of Antigua and Barbuda cannot meet. So workers' cases cannot be heard. You heard the Prime Minister at the last sitting of Parliament said that they're going to do something about the industrial court. But up to today, the industrial court cannot sit to hear people's cases because a few employers have complained about the president of the court and the government owes the money class interest. So they will not reappoint the president of the court. So to hell with working class is what a Labour Party government is saying in Antigua and Barbuda. For almost two years, the Labour Department has been operating on a half-day shift. They go in for seven and leave at 12. So cases are backed up because the facility is unhealthy for the workers who work there. And this is the economic powerhouse that we live in. Uh, there's somebody blocking this lady's driveway. She's asking that the car be removed. But brothers and sisters, we go further. We go further. That today in Antigua and Barbuda, things are so bad. Things are so bad. That people are graduating without being able to find proper jobs. In this country. People have gone to school. Young people have gone to school. And if you look around your communities today. You see how much of our young people. Who are still unemployed. And yet still we are in an economic powerhouse. Think back my brothers and sisters. Since 2014. What kind of economic activity has taken place in this country noteworthy think about it the only people that is getting rich are the browns the only people getting rich in this country are the browns everybody else every other business have to be scrunting because Every opportunity to compete, a Labour Party politician starts a business to compete with the private sector. And this is the economic powerhouse they boast of. They have trucks. They have taxi business. 
They shuttling guests now from hotels in black SUV jeeps. They building mansions. And you are saying to us that things are right in this country? Come Monday, Labor Day, it is an opportunity for everyone here to show solidarity with the workers' union and the working class people of this country. Come Monday, it's an opportunity to show your disgust to Gaston Brown and his Labor Party. Come Monday, it's an opportunity for you to protest the ignorance in this country. Brothers and sisters, come Monday, it's an opportunity for us to start a new area of the revolution. Come Monday. Because I say to you tonight, when you examine the situation in Venezuela, whether you like it or not, when Guandai Guaibo say, let us protest, the people on his side get up and protest. When Maduro say, let us protest, the people on his side get up and protest. So when Harold Lover say, let us protest, the people of Antigua and Barbuda must join him and protest. So brothers and sisters, we have got to have that fire in our belly. We have got to start to show the rest of the world that Antigua and Barbuda are no longer a passive society, but an aggressive society in search of true democracy. So while, while persons think that we as a people are just allowing things to flow. We're just allowing things to happen. We must show the rest of the world that enough is enough. We must show the rest of the Caribbean that enough is enough. We must show that we can cage the top dog. When you have stray dogs, you call the Animal Control Department. And there is a stray dog on the loose in Antigua and Barbuda. There's a stray dog that wants to displace his people in the Point community for his own personal enrichment. So therefore, we've got to cage the stray dog. We've got to tame that stray dog. So therefore, brothers and sisters, come Labor Day, we've got to join in one force. We've got to celebrate in one force. We've got to ensure that the people of the world sees Antigua and Barbuda as a different society and a society that stands up for principle and moral values. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, finally, I say to you, join the rally come Monday. Join the march come Monday. Show your support 
for the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. March behind the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union banner. For I say to you tonight, tonight is an historic night in Antigua and Barbuda. We have the grandson of VAC Bird sharing the platform with the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. Tonight was a historic night in Antigua and Barbuda. And it will go down in history as the beginning of the change that is about to come. Thank you very much and have a good night. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, quickly. The driver of A55139, you're blocking the driveway. Just around the corner, please. Remove your car. A Toyota. Or else with the lady says she's calling the tow truck. So please assist. Alright? Mr. DJ run some music and let me regain my thoughts. This is an FOS from the Trinidad. Location seven miles off the coast of Venezuela. FOS, FOS, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. change the pilot of this ship, man. The pilot, the captain must be changed. We cannot allow Antigua and Barbuda to sink. Brothers and sisters, we cannot. I hear you. Things really brown in Antigua. Yo, hey, look. Things so brown, right? That even water was supposed to crystal clear. Come out, the pipe brown. 
Look, he really, uh, look here. No way in the world got clearer water of Barbuda. When I turn on my faucet in my kitchen, I have to run out for half hour. Just to get rid of the brown. So Antiguans were facing some serious, serious times. But here, somebody lost their keys. There's four keys here. So if you don't want to sleep on the porch tonight, check me. I have four keys. There are house keys, so check me. I'll check the DJ on stage because I'll leave the key with them. So brothers and sisters, I met, I met a young lady the other day that came to visit Bob Yuda and she said, when after she, she saw Bob Yuda, she said, anytime there's a government in power and that government sought to lay blame on the government before them, know that that government has failed. So the Gaston Brown administration saying every time that there is an issue or every time that there is a problem, they try to point fingers at the former government. Just know we're dealing with a failed government. So Antiguans and Barbadians would know what for the right. If, you, if I give you a job and you fail to perform, I'm going to fire you. So faithful nationals, are we going to fire the gas brown administration? Yes, man. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring a gentleman to address you now. It's Brother Messiah. He's here. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome Brother Messiah. To the podium, Mr. DJ runs already. Attention! Good night, brothers and sisters, good night. Good night to the faithful nationals of Antigua and Barbuda. Good night to the movement people. Good night to the United Progressive Party. And good night to the members of the Antigua and Barbuda Workers' Union. It gives me great pleasure to be here this evening and to be a part of this ceremony this evening. Because as my colleague before me indicated, this weekend on Monday is Labor Day. And for us within the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union, we take much pride in knowing that we as the bastion of the working class people in Antigua and Barbuda will be there marching to continue the struggle for the working class people of Antigua and Barbuda. 
Tonight, brothers and sisters, there are so much things that I want to bring to you. But as my colleague before me indicated, many a times we sit down and ponder, if this is an economic powerhouse, why is it that we have so much of a problem making sure that workers' rights are protected and defended? One of the things that we have to look upon when it comes on Labor Day, when we march, is that we are going to be marching to ensure that workers' rights and that the jobs that we have remain decent. Because today, the International Labor Organization basically says to us that its mantra is that we must have decent work for workers all throughout the world. Brothers and sisters, the Antigua and Barbuda Workers' Union, when it started in 1967, had some powerful men. Some have gone in the good beyond, and some are still here with us today. And it is on those shoulders that we stand on to continue the fight for you, the workers in Antigua and Barbuda. And today, as I listened and understand that the leader of the opposition would have filed an injunction within the courts against the government for global ports, I smiled because a few weeks ago, I was in and attending an international meeting in London. And at that moment, I took a copy of the global ports document that was signed by our government with the global ports. And as a trade union that have international standings, and as a trade union who has you know, rights to protect for the workers within the very port, within the cruise ship port. We felt it was duty-bound for us to share that with our international brothers and sisters. And when they look at the document, the first thing that they wanted to know, well, which government would have gone to sign away its entire patrimony to a, Golo, to a company to do everything to handle everything within its ports, to take away workers who had the rights now to go down to the cruise ship and take care of the, 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 what we call the, 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 the waste, to give it to a company that is going to do everything, to take care of everything from you. And that, our International Transport Federation, stayed in London and decided that they were going to do the research on this particular company. They have done so, brothers and sisters. And up to this morning, in a telephone call, they asked me simply, if we are prepared and ready to meet with the people who deal with global ports. And I said, from where? Where have you found them? And they said they found some of the people in Turkey. So, you know, they have to go to Turkey. And so immediately... The unions in Turkey are saying, if the people of Antigua are not supporting this deal, we will basically give our support and strike against global port in Turkey. And that is solidarity for me, brothers and sisters. 
That is solidarity for me. Because I sit on the board of that international body. And it gave me proud, it made me proud in my heart to see that the people came, they look at the document, and they felt that it was not a good document for the people of Antigua and Barbuda. And that is why they will give support to us, whatever the situation is, brothers and sisters. So come Labor Day, on Labor Day, whether you think it's a political issue or not, workers in this country must stand up and march and ask the question that that document that was signed need to be discarded of, and we have a different document that is in the interest of the people of Antigua and Barbuda. Brothers and sisters, the time has come that you cannot continue to sit on the, the fences. You can't be standing on the sideline. You can't be saying that you don't want to be associated because everything that you have to do, whether you like it or not, it is matter of a political matter that you have to get involved with because it affects your economic life. And I think where we sit, when I got that telephone call this morning, I smiled. And I said simply to them, brothers and sisters in Turkey and in London, that was basically looking at the document, that I am proud to announce that my leader in the opposition would have filed a case at the court to basically stop and have that document removed. So brothers and sisters, we have to give support to the United Progressive Party, to the faithful nationals of Antigua and Barbuda, to the people who want to stay, that they must be right by us all over. We cannot continue to have ourselves being pushed aside and others basically go in front. Brothers and sisters, this Labor Day, I, along with the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union and all of us, we must march. We must stand up because I think for too long one particular institution in this country has been kicked to pillar and post in Antigua and Barbuda and around the Caribbean and nobody seemed to want to take the, the bull by the horn. I say, brothers and sisters, I speak this evening for the workers up at Liat 1974 Limited. I've been on this platform before, and I'm saying 1974 mean a lot to me because in 1974, the then George H. Walter government, the PLM government, took the decision to when Liap was going to be collapsed as an, an airline then to make sure that they go to Venezuela and back and buy the shares and then open it up to the entire Caribbean. And I am saying this evening, I am calling on the Prime Minister of this country. And we have had a few good discussions so far on the late matter. But I am calling on the Prime Minister of this country to ensure that this matter do not fall into anybody's hand. And it's time for Antigua and Barbuda to take the lion's share of Liat and run the company for us, man. We cannot continue to have the Prime Minister of St. Vincent and anybody wishy-washy to be coming and telling us that they're going to collapse Liat and then they're going to start up their small airline that they call One, One Caribbean to make us look small in Antigua. It is time enough 
that we bring back the jobs to Antigua. It is time enough that we bring back Liat center of focus in Antigua and Barbuda. So on Labor Day, I have to march on all your family because Liat, as it stands here for us in Antigua and Barbuda, represents over 600 jobs in Antigua and Barbuda, 400 and odd, and about 676 region-wide. But Antigua is the one that stands to lose because if Liat collapses, it will be another British-American to Antigua and Barbuda. So, brothers and sisters, I want you to join with me on Labor Day because I am joining the march from the Antigua and Barbuda Workers' Union along with other trade unions as we march through St. John's. Our march will be saying, Mr. Prime Minister, we want you to take the issue of Liat workers very seriously and make sure that we are the ones calling the shots in Liat in Antigua and Barbuda. It is time enough that this 1974 Limited must belong to us. Brothers and sisters, just before I go, I just want to say as well that workers in this country think that it is all right to basically be standing aside and say that somebody else would fight for me. Workers' rights are human rights. Workers' rights are the rights that are important to you. And you have got to stand up to make sure that your rights for your workers, for your children after, is in place. And one of the things that I want to say to many parents, that your workers, your children are leaving your house and going to look jobs today and a number of the private companies, I'm not saying all workers in anti all employers, but a number of them are giving your children, and a lot of workers, and some of you who are standing here, are signing contracts after contracts after contracts, and nobody coming to the union to fight that. Brothers and sisters, it is wrong, and we're asking you to stand up, and that is why... We made a plea to the government from the National Labor Board that this issue of short-term contracts must be a thing of the past. And so come Labor Day, we must march to say that we are happy that you cannot continue to exploit the workers in this country by giving them six months, six months. And when you look around for five years, they basically are out there on a six-month, six-month contract. No tenure, no security. They can't go to a bank to get a job because they're on a six-month contract. You can't get a job because no bank, no way institution is going to lend you any money because you don't have tenure of security. The time has come for us to continue to march for those kind of situations. Brothers and sisters, this issue in this country is very serious. And we cannot afford to allow this matter to go down. So we must march. And finally, and finally, when we look, the reason for us to be marching as a union and to ensure that workers' rights are continued to be protected is the issue that we are currently fighting with one of the multinational companies in this country throughout the Caribbean that you call Scotiabank. Brothers and sisters, the fight was waged only by the Antigua and Barbuda Workers' Union. 
the fight to challenge Scotiabank was only waged by Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. And brothers and sisters, my colleagues in the other country are wishing that they had stood up and let for fall like us. They're wishing at this stage because we, the time has come where we feel that employees and employers, let me say employers, should not be treating employees as commodities. You must just send me away and then you transfer me to another place and then send me across the board. So I must say that the government has accepted where we are going. And today we must march on this Labor Day. Because yesterday was Labor Day around the world. And people march because of the injustice to workers. And so come Monday, we're asking every one of you, every worker in this country, to stand up for the, against the injustice in this country. Stand up against the government with its global port efforts. Stand up against the government and for the government when we want to make sure Liat workers have a permanent job in this country. Stand up against the multinationals like Scotiabank who want to sell our people across the land as commodities. We are against that kind of injustice. We say, labor, long live the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. Long live workers in this country. Forward never, backward never. Thank you very much, my brothers and sisters. attention to brother messiah because brothers and sisters while we have people who are positioned to fight for us we as a people have to support them we as a people have to stand up and as i said earlier let our voices ring because it is the voice of the people that will eventually make the change. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring a gentleman to you now. A gentleman that at one point was forced to leave the country that is dearest to him 
because of his political point of view. A gentleman who at a time when he was passing his educational skills on to the young people of Antigua and Barbuda was forced to leave. But brothers and sisters, he came back to Antigua and Barbuda and he served on the United Progressive Party. He served in ministerial positions within the government. And brothers and sisters, he's now the leader of the United Progressive Party. Brothers and sisters, welcome a true soldier, a warrior, a man who says at no time we should retreat or surrender. Welcome, brother Harold Lovell to the podium. tonight brothers and sisters and I'm very happy that all of you have come out here tonight but before we get into tonight's meeting I think it is only fitting that we observe a moment of silence to some of our fallen brothers and sisters who I know would have been here tonight we are so sad to note the passing of Brother Walter Joseph from Jennings. And I can say for a fact that in the last 25 years, Brother Walter Joseph has never missed a public meeting. We also want to note the passing of Brother Reginald Barnes, also known as Blinds. These are two brothers who have fought the fight with us who have marched with us, who have been there with us. And I just want us to observe a moment of silence as we pay respect to these two brothers and others who have fallen in recent times.
Thank you very much, brothers and sisters. You know, tonight we meet a few days before Labor Day. And this is a very important time, and I want to commend the leadership of the Antigua and Barbuda Yuda Workers Union. I listened to Brother David Messiah just now, and I say this is a brother that we can be proud of. As he mentioned, he sits on the board of one of the most powerful international unions in the world. The Antigua Workers Union was born in struggle, and they continue to be a leading force, not just in Antigua and Barbuda, but throughout the Caribbean and the Western Hemisphere. We also heard tonight from Brother Chester Hughes, the Assistant General Secretary of the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. And you know, Brother Hughes has been a tower of strength within the workers' movement here in Antigua and Barbuda. He is the one who led the fight with the banks and is the first man ever to be in a leading position to lock down the banks in Antigua in defense of workers' rights. And just recently at the airport, he was there with Brother David Messiah again as the workers were standing up for their rights. And then we heard the young brother, Brother Fernando Samuel. I want you to give a big round of applause to him. Tonight was his first night, but he did a wonderful job. We talk about not only corruption, we talk about confusion in this country. You recently heard that three patriotic Antiguans and Barbudans decided that they're going to challenge that agreement between the government and global ports. I want to extend congratulations and I want to salute, first of all, Sir George Ryan, give him a big round of applause. I want to salute Brother Clifford Chalky Colburn. And I want to salute Brother James Spencer. And you know, we filed an application for leave for judicial review. And I just want you to understand what that's all about. We're calling on the government to come to court and justify what they have done. You hear QT, you hear Max Hurst. Oh, no substance. Waste of time. Well, I want to tell QT, I want to tell Max Hurst, I want to tell all of them. We filed an application for leave. For judicial review. Because you can't just go to the court for judicial review and say, I want you to hear my complaint. The court must first of all be satisfied that you have a substantial matter and that your claim has merit. You remember when QT went to the court to try to stop the car park? They applied for judicial review. They applied for leave for judicial review. And the court run them. 
They couldn't even get the leave to go for judicial review. Well, I can tell you tonight that when we file our application for leave for judicial review and we were waiting on the court to call us to hear, to hear what we have to say and even to call the other side to hear what they have to say. We received a message yesterday. Leave is granted. Not even a word I had to say. Not even a word. Just on the basis of the papers that were presented. Leave was granted to go for judicial review. And I have the order here in my hand. The order of the court to go for judicial review. Without even having to say one single word. And then they say, the claim has no merit. All that we are saying over the past several weeks, we have been protesting against the decision. We've used pickets. We have been out there on the radio. We have been explaining to the people of this country that this is one of the worst deals the worst agreement ever signed in Antigua and Barbuda. And we're going to stand up. We're going to fight it. We're going to make sure that they do not put the shackles on the people of this country. That they do not bring us to a point where we become beggars again to anyone, any man, any woman in this world. We say we in Antigua have been developing tourism for the last 40 years and we don't need no Turkish man to come and tell us how to run no port in this country. And so we're going to do them so by so and so by so so we're going to pick it and we're going to go to court. And whatever the outcome we're going to continue to fight. But I want you to understand that even though we say it's a bad deal we also say basic rules, basic laws have been broken. Under the St. John's Development Corporation Act, there's a requirement. You must consult. You can't just jump up and say you're doing something. You must consult people who are affected. So that's the first one. We say under the Tenders Board Act, you must give other people an opportunity so that the country can get the best deal. So that people can see through competition a competitive bidding process. That's what they did in the Bahamas. So they were able to get a better deal. Because you had three different people putting proposals. So everybody had to come good. And the third thing we say under the Finance Administration Act. They have again made serious errors. And then... We say the constitution has also been broken. Because here it is. They are going and they are saying they are going to make law. They are going to amend law. It's only parliament can amend law and make law. You can't go with global ports behind closed doors and tell them you are going to make no law. And you are going to amend no law. Only parliament can do that. So we are going to check that. That's a novel point. And we're going to test it 
because we're going to use every legal, every lawful means to make sure that we bring justice for the people of Antigua and Barbuda. And so, brothers and sisters, you hear the Prime Minister jumping up and down because he knows about all the different connections that he has. You know, most recently you hear about this thing with this man they call Alex Nain Saab Moran. He come from Colombia. He came to Antigua in June 2014. Now we were in power up to June 2014, but he never troubled us. They say monkey now is she for climb. So soon as they come in, he find them. And when you hear the story now, which was published in the Bloomberg Business Week, they tell you that he's on the investigation for massive cocaine smuggling and money laundering. They say he's running a vast money laundering network. And then you hear in the same article, Gaston Brown say, he is my friend. In fact, he's my very good friend. So when you hear a man who is wanted under an arrest warrant by the government of Colombia, he had to jump and flee Colombia in order to get away from the arrest warrant. And he and Gaston Brown are best friend. Gaston Brown brought him to Antigua and introduced him to the cabinet of Antigua and Barbuda. And I want Gaston Brown to deny. I want him to tell this country whether or not it is true that he said to his cabinet colleagues that this man is not only his friend, but he's been able to get the man to buy the majority shares in the Dulcina Hotel, which is owned by his wife and his father-in-law. I want him to tell the people, if he said in cabinet, that the man paid them $14 million in order to buy shares, majority shares, in the Dulcina Hotel in Barbuda. Oh, Lord, they're wicked. And they're bringing Antigua into disrepute. Another black eye for Antigua because of their teeth in this and they're keeping all their teeth in friend. I don't know all of a sudden where Gaston Brown gets all this money. Before the election, Gaston Brown was bouncing checks in Antigua, borrowing money from people. Gaston Brown came to me, wanted to get duty-free concessions for the goods out in the supermarket. Because he run the supermarket bankrupt and had to give it to a Chinese man to run. That's fact because he came to me. And now you hear, oh, Maria, all of a sudden. Maria, she and all turn like millionaire. Maria, so he's telling Maria now she must go buy land down by Halcyon. But I want you to know that's just a cover. Because they already start to work. We gave to King Short Shirt, Sir McLean Emmanuel, a parcel of land. We didn't ask him for a dollar. We said, look, 
You've made your contribution to this country. This is yours. Now we're here. Who you think own the land? Maria. I want them to explain if that is so. I want them to explain if something goes so. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I am digging into that because when we gave that land to Short Shirt, it was for his contribution to this country, not for Gaston Brown and Maria to go spree our fun. So look, this country is going down fast. You heard earlier speakers talk about the rampant corruption that is taking place. We have to march against that. And I'm telling you, the meeting here tonight fills my heart with joy. I want you to give yourselves a big round of applause. Give yourselves another big round of applause. And look, on Monday, on Monday, I want you to come out in solidarity. Come out in solidarity on Monday. Monday is not the big one. Monday is the cutter. Monday is the tester. Monday is the warm-up. Because the big one is yet to come. But I want you to come on Monday. Because we're going to march in solidarity on Monday. As we build a strong, united force against this dictatorial, this kleptomanic government. They have taken this whole concept of self-enrichment to an entirely new level. And we are saying Antigua deserves better. Antigua deserves better. And we see a future where we can bring all the political forces together. We see a future where Antiguans and Barbudans, citizens, residents of this country, we can take this country to a higher level. We say that we have distinguished ourselves in the Caribbean, in sports, in culture, in so many areas. And it's time for us to distinguish ourselves in politics. We can adhere to the highest international standards in politics. We can give our people the type of government that they truly deserve and long for. We can create a new Antiguan Barbuda where we put zero tolerance on the whole question of corruption where we say people first, where we say that the nation must take care of those who are most vulnerable, those who are most in need, those who need the help. That is the type of Antigua that we want to build. We want to empower our people, not just the ruling family. Never before in the history of this country have we had a prime minister who, when talking about opportunities, the first thing he can say is how he's going to empower his own family. Not how he's going to empower the people. Time for a change, my brothers and sisters. The road may be long. The road may be hard. But the victory is sure. This is not a time for us to give up. This is a time for us to be strong. For us to be firm. And for us to let our voices be heard. I want to say, as I make way for my brother Alistair Thomas who is going to put the icing on the cake here tonight, that we are going to move forward relentlessly 
We are going to move forward without fear. We say no retreat. No retreat. No retreat. Forward ever, backward ever. One love until we come again. to you I'm going to bring one of the hardest working man in the state of Antigua and Barbuda and even though it is just to take a bow Mr. DJ play the song and welcome brother serpent Algernon Watts to the podium I 
The hardest working man in the state of Antigua and Barbuda. Yeah, man. RJ the Serpent. Just want to say good night. Just want to say thank you for coming out and see you soon. The boy is the child, I tell you. United Progressive Party. Yeah, on. Yeah, on. Three little birds. It's by my doorstep. All right. Mr. DJ, I gotta bring my next speaker. Because time is flying by. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome. Brother Alistair Thomas to the podium.
And I think the sound men, they've been doing a great job. Can we have a good cheer for them too? And for you, this massive audience, let's hear it that you give yourselves a resounding round of applause. Are you in a good mood? I wish to say to you tonight, but before I do that, let me acknowledge the brothers from the Antigua Workers' Union. I want to say that the Antigua Workers' Union has been one of those organizations that have made a tremendous contribution to the Caribbean working class people. And I'd love that all of us give a round of applause to the Antigua Workers' Union as we recognize at the eve of Labor Day and pay deference to Sir George H. Walter. Let's hear it for one of the founders, Sir George H. Walter. Let's hear it for Mr. Malcolm Daniel, one of the founders. Let me say to you tonight that it was a great meeting. I do not have the time to address you the way that I intended to. But I want to assure you tonight that if it was any intention of the leader to intimidate, to drive fear, Pussycat can't scare lions. Tell him that. Pussycat can't scare lion. We in the faithful nationals, we the concerned citizens of this country who are standing up against the injustice, the betrayal, the rape, we are not fearful of latrine pit utterances. They do not have what it takes so that in desperation they seem occupied to try and see if they can extinguish the flame of the, of the faithful nationals. But why are they so angry? They're angry because we have discovered one of the worst agreements ever been signed by a government and its leader in modern times. They're angry because we are saying no black leader, no black leader who deserved the assault could conceive let alone to sign such agreement to betray the blood, sweat, and tears of the ancestors by giving away the rights, the opportunity, the future for this nation. And because we are saying 
that the Global Post Agreement is a bad agreement. It has caused a crisis. Had it not been for the faithful nationals, the 35 ships that had canceled, and you the people must feel proud about it, that is only because of the campaign being waged by us that made the, the, uh, the Global Port Agreement being reconsidered. And it's because of you why Carnival Cruise Lines have decided to bring back those ships. It is the campaign by the faithful nationals that has done that. It is the agreement, the bad agreement, the betrayal agreement, robbing the citizens and the future generation that caused Carnival Cruise Lines to have canceled in the first instance. If we did not wage the campaign that we wage, those ships would not be back. Because we wage that agreement, you hear murmurings that they are going to make changes to the 30 years. I want to assure with the faithful nationals, as Brother Lovell said, it is only the beginning. Are you ready to continue the fight and the struggle to bring it to an end? I don't hear you. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is just the beginning. We cannot allow our leaders for their personal interests, for their self-aggrandizement to betray, to sell us out as if we were slaves back on the plantation. It is outrageous. It's a crime. And you, the people, must become even more vigilant, even more ready to join with the campaign of the faithful nationals to save this country. We must ensure that we are not made to go back on the plantation. And these agreements, these actions, these betrayals, is not only betrayals to us, but to our children. And we, as a people, we have an obligation to protect not only ourselves, but the generation to come. So I'm calling on you, the people, to join with us we have begun to get results. But if we get weary in well-doing, if we rest, these betrayers of our ancestors will completely destroy the future of our future generation. And we cannot allow that to happen. So I say to you this evening, the eve of this Labor Day, the eve when our leaders in the past have sacrificed for our sovereignty, for our patrimony, the leaders that have gone and used our money to buy our lands for us and for our children, as we celebrate the heroic struggle of our people, you the people of Antigua are united people, not a divided people, because what 
the Gaston Brown administration is seeking to do is to keep us divided and polarized. And I am calling on each and every one of us, not on a party level, because the whole country is being affected. All of us are hurting because of this betrayal. And I'm saying on a national level, the people must intervene if we have to guarantee our future to be better than this. It can be and must be better than this. So we, the people of this country, must be vigilant, must be prepared to make sacrifice and not make lame excuse. You may be forgiven for the first time by not preparing to make a sacrifice. But when the sacrifice is required of you, because nothing good will come easy, sacrifices must be made if we are going to redeem and save this country. And we as a people must continue the struggle because we would have betrayed not only ancestors, but we would be betraying the future generation. We have an obligation. We have a responsibility. We have a duty to ensure that our actions today will ensure that our children are not again be shackled of the opportunity and their potential. Let's get serious. The time for fun is over. We have an obligation to save this nation. It seems that the preoccupation of those who hold power is only for a few. While the vast majority, red, blue, green, orange, suffer. And that's why I'm calling in the entire nation, red, blue, workers from all sectors of the society, to unite as one people, not as a divided people. Unity is strength. Unity is strength. United we stand, divided we fall. Let's rise together as one people to stop this injustice this betrayal, this robbery, this rape. I say to you as a people, we can do it. We must do it. We have to do it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready now? Are you ready now? Let's mobilize the country. Let's organize the country. We must defend the legacy of our ancestors. We must defend the future of our children. And together, we can, we will. Thank you for listening. May you have a good journey home. But let's work together, stand together, build together to redeem, to save this country. Thank you and good night. Is Brother Wedding in the audience? Weather? I just want to remind everybody. Um, of the Labor Day activities, please fall in line. And of course, we want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for coming out. We want to thank the police for coming and ensuring that order was kept. And of course, we want to just give God thanks. Safe George Wenner is in the house, Captain Wenner. All right, come Capuana, come. Come tell us all with a prayer, my brother.
Yes. Thank you for coming. And as we depart for various places of abode, we ask that the Lord watch between thee and me until we meet again. So we ask for journeying mercies, and we pray that the Lord take us home safely until we meet again on Monday. Monday, 9 a.m., Workers' Union. We're showing solidarity. And then from 2 p.m., we're at Fry's. God bless you.